Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heme Consults podcast. I'm your host, Tessie Anwemena, and it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. Thank you for tuning in. I am a hematologist. I am a coach. I am a researcher. And I am so excited to be bringing you today's episode saying, will you, will you take your place? <laughs> it's a question. Will you take your place? Are you going to do it? Last time I talked about, I asked you to lead your tribe. And today I'm asking if you're going to take your place. Yeah. Will you take your place? Mm-hmm. And the theme scripture for today's episode is Isaiah 6, verse 8. Isaiah 6, verse 8. Yes, and today's episode is, will you take your place? And I want to first of all start by encouraging you, a woman of color in hematology, that even though the road ahead of you is hard, you can do hard things. You have been doing hard things. You look back over your experience, you look back over your life, and in fact, you have not just done hard things, you've done impossible things. And you have actually established yourself as someone who can do the impossible. And the story of your life is a story of somebody who did something impossible, and then you did the next impossible thing, and then you did the next impossible thing. And I want to encourage you that if you have done all these impossible things until now, the reality is that you can do them again and again and again and again. You are an impossibility specialist. You do hard things. You do impossible things. Do not be afraid of what lies before you. It will be in a few years the same as the things that have come after you. Like the things you look back to the past and you're like, wow, I did that. Yes, that's exactly the same way. You're going to look, you're going to look back upon this challenge that's before you and you're going to say, oh, I did it because that's the kind of person you are. I just want to remind you, I don't want you to forget who you are, what you've done, and you can and you will do it again. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Yesterday, I'm talking about, will you take your place? Will you take your place? And the story I want to share, actually, so I'll, I'll share, I'll share two parts to the story. So the first part is, is why this particular episode comes to me today. And I'm recording this kind of early in the morning sitting in a hotel room and the I went down to the gym because I'm on East Coast time and I'm in California right now. So, you know, there's a whole three hours <laughs> difference between the West Coast and the East Coast. So I'm up at 3 a.m. California time, Pacific time, and I'm down at the gym and somebody else shows up at the gym usually. So the, for the last few days, I've been the one there by myself. So a lot of us here on East Coast time probably, but, you know, I've been the only one there. But today, somebody else shows up and 
and I'm leaving because I was there before them. And as I'm leaving, I turn around and I say, you must be on East Coast time, right? Who comes to the gym at 4 (laughs) a.m.? Only if you're fully awake. Anyway, so, you know, then we started off a conversation and it was it was a really great and powerful conversation. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, I am responsible. I'm responsible for the advancement of healthcare. I'm responsible for patients being, you know, getting what they need. And when I say I'm responsible, I'm not saying I single-handedly am going to fix healthcare. It's not my responsibility or my job. But when I look around and I say, oh, who 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 are the people in charge? The the reality is me. I am in charge. I'm the one who's going to fix whatever it needs fixing. I'm going to fix what I can. It's my responsibility. Anyway, so that conversation helps me just go back to my past because once upon a time I didn't think this way and my past as I've shared many times on this ep- on this podcast is that 10 years ago I started my faculty career and you know we're in November well I, I believe you're going to get this episode either November or December but we're at the end of the year 2023 so I'm not going to be able to say 10 years ago for very much longer but I'm going to continue to say it as long as I can but 10 years ago I started my faculty position and I was waiting for somebody to come and save me. I was waiting for a mentor to save me. I was waiting for my institution to, to well, really, not institution is kind of like a misnomer. Like I was waiting for the people in my department to say, wow, this woman is being paid a low salary relative to everybody else. I was waiting for the person who would say, wow, you're working super hard. Let's help you cut back so that you will be okay. I was waiting for somebody else to help make my life better. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't make my life better. In fact, because it depended on them or because I allowed it to depend on them, they kind of messed it up. And instead of encouraging me and nourishing me, they kind of tore me down. And I'm not, you know, this is not a, a, an exercise in blame, but this is an exercise of saying it was never their responsibility in the first place. And when I gifted to people the responsibility that wasn't theirs, Well, of course they mismanaged it. It wasn't their responsibility in the first place. It was always mine. My happiness is my responsibility. My success is my responsibility. My forward motion in the academy is my responsibility. I don't delegate that to anybody else because my enjoyment of my success is mine too. It's not theirs. They can celebrate on my behalf. They can say, yay, we're the best because I'm here. But the celebration is first mine. Because I plant the garden, I eat its fruit first. And other people will certainly eat from it because I can't eat all the produce of my own garden, but I eat first. Like, if my life moves forward, I am the one who celebrates and enjoys it the most. And so, for the longest time, as an early career person, I was looking to the person who would come save me, to the person who would make things right, to the person who would solve my problems of injustice, And that person never came. And if I had waited, if I had continued to wait, I would still be waiting today. So in my conversation this morning, I told this person, I said, I am responsible. I'm not going to look around and say, you haven't done this. I'm going to take responsibility and ownership for the sphere in which I I, I lead. I have to choose to step into the space. And as I talked about on the last episode, unless you do that, then it's not going to work. (laughs) Right? I mean, unless you do it, 
people are not going to come. People are not going to come alongside you until you start to lead. And that's why the question I have for you is, will you, will you take your place? Will you stand up? Will you? Will you take your place of leadership? You know your power. You know that the greatest power you have is over yourself. The greatest power you have is over the things you do. Will you stop asking other people, the people you have no power over, will you stop asking them to lead? And will you start leading yourself? So today, I think that there are three questions, not lessons now, but questions that come out of the story or the you know thing that I shared this morning kind of is a little bit of a story, but, but maybe just really sharing an experience. I think the first question I want to ask is really the question of who will go for us? Who? Who will go? I mean, in reality, there are many people who are marginalized in healthcare. There are many people whose voices are not heard in research. There are many people who really do need somebody else to speak for them because they're, they don't feel empowered to speak for themselves. Those people will always be with us. And then there are people like us, people who've been trained to lead. If you are a clinician listening to me, you're a physician, you're a woman of color in hematology, you've been trained to lead. You're listening to this podcast because you have the means. And so perhaps there are people who don't have the means, who don't have the training and leadership, but that's not you. And because you've been given so much, really so much is expected of you. But it's a choice. It's a choice you, you're making. It's a choice you've been making. The choice we make to point fingers at the people, the other people, the people whose problem it is, is a choice that we've been making for a long time. But the first question I'm asking is who will go for us? Who will go for the people who have no voice? Who will go for the people who, whose voices need to be heard? Who will go for us? That's the question I want you to consider. And it's an important question because maybe your answer is still, oh, they will, my government will, my, my department will, my division chief will, my department chair will, oh, it's my dean, oh, it's the people in, in, in compliance, oh, it's my, it's my nursing staff, they will do it. Who will lead? And, and, and the answer to your question determines what you do next because the moment you decide that somebody else will lead, then you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is sit on the sidelines and, and maybe yell at them, tell them what they're not doing right. Say they're incompetent, you know, say things against them. You don't have to do anything else. I mean, yeah, go do your own work, but as long as that's somebody else's responsibility, then your responsibility is just to, you know, sit in the back and, you know, complain, tell them how to do it right, whine. <laughs> But remember, it's a choice. It's a choice we're making. But if you say, if you say, I, I will go, then you don't get to sit on the sidelines. You don't get any more to point the finger and say, will you shave up? You don't get to tell people that they're not doing what they're supposed to. You don't get to do that if you decide that you're going to go. And so the first question I'm asking you to answer this morning is, who will go? Who will go? The second question I want to ask is, what choice will you make? What choice will you make? 
because you're choosing right now. I hear people say over and over again, I have no choice. I have no choice. I have no choice. Wow, what a thing to say. What a thing to say when you're choosing in that very moment. The person who says, I have no choice is choosing at that moment. It's such a dichotomy. It's kind of just, you know, it's a cognitive dissonance. I have no choice even while I'm choosing, even while I'm choosing. What choice will you make? And I think it's an important question because you are making choices right now. And I'm asking you to consider the choices you are making. So, so maybe, maybe the question I'm really asking is what choice have you made? What choices define your life until today? When I started out in my faculty career, the choice I made was that it was somebody else's choice. The choice I made was to sit on the sidelines. The choice I made was to throw pity parties. The choice I made was to try to bend somebody else to my will. The choice I made was to try to flatter people into, into, into agreement or to yell at people into submission. The choice I made was always dependent on somebody else or was always to try to get somebody else to fix me. I was making choices. And then I would look around at the results of the choices I had made and I would be angry. I would say, oh my goodness, look at my salary. It is horribly low. But what I didn't do was choose to go and say, I will not accept this. I will not tolerate this. And if you won't do anything about it, I go somewhere else where they will. I didn't make that choice. I kept asking people who didn't agree with me to make changes for me. I was making choices and I hated the results of my choices. I was so miserable. I was making choices about taking extra call night after night after night because somebody told me that as a as a director, that's what I needed to do. I was making those choices. And the choice I wasn't making was to say, I want to be a healthy person. I do not, the weight of the healthcare system doesn't rest on my shoulders. I will not do this. I had that choice. I didn't make it. And so I'm asking you to reflect today. What choices have you made? And what have those choices produced? And now what choices will you make? What is the possibility that those choices will produce? Because it rests on you. The power lies in you. Will you take up your mandate? Will you choose in a way that gives you results that you want? And then the final question that I want to ask you, and I'm asking you pointedly and directedly, and yes, I am talking to you. I'm talking to you because you're listening to me and I can see you right now. Yes, I'm talking. All you can hear is my voice. But I want to tell you that because you're hearing my voice, you are exactly supposed to be hearing my voice. And the question is for you. Will you go? Will you take your place? Will you lead? And I'm not sure that there's much to say because it's a really personal answer. Nobody can answer this question like you. Will you go? Will you take your place? Will you lead? Okay, so it's three questions, but it's all kind of the same question phrased in different ways. Will you go? Will you take your place? Will you lead? Or will you let fear stop you? Will you let fear of what other people think stop you? 
Will you let fear of the status quo stop you? Will you let your discomfort with change stop you? What will you allow to stop you? (laughs) Oh my goodness, I wish you, I wish you the strength and the courage to take your stand and to make the right choice. So what are my calls to action? Mm. My calls to action are first, that you would consider all the players in your life, the ones who you've given the power. You know, I was going to say the ones who hold the power, but they don't hold any power that you haven't given them. They don't hold any power that you haven't given them. And I'm inviting you to look at all the people in your life, all the people to whom you've given power, and to, to ask the question, how, for how long will you continue to give them unlimited power over you? For how long will you continue to look for them to guide you? <laughs> and so my call to action is that you ask yourself that question, that you look around at the people around you, the ones you've given the power to lead your life, and ask for how long will you allow them to lead your life? The second thing I want to invite you to do is to look around at all the people who are waiting for you. It's to look around at the people who are suffering. To look around at the people who are marginalized and who are weeping and crying and suffering because you have not taken your place. And this is not to guilt you. This is to show you the possibility of the people who are waiting. They're waiting for you to arise so that they can arise too. I want to invite you to think about all of them. I want to invite you to think about the nations of people that are going to be delivered because you dared to show up. I want you to think about the lives that are going to be changed and transformed because you dared to show up. I am inviting you not just to show up and say, I'm going to work harder. I'm not asking you to work harder. I'm asking you to lead. There's a difference there. Because as you lead, you may not work very hard. I mean, actually, you're always working hard, but you may not work hard in a way that's measurable, tangibly in labor. You know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, you're not even really pulling your weight. And what does that mean? You're checking in basket messages like for 24 hours a day. That's that's working hard, but it's not leading. And you may say, oh, well, okay, so I'm going to work harder. I'm going to see five more patients today. And now I'm going to bring my census from 25 to 30. Oh, yeah, that's working hard. That doesn't mean you're leading. So I'm inviting you to look at all the people who are waiting for your leadership. They're waiting for you to accept and transform into the better you. I want you to imagine the possibilities of the people who are waiting for you to lead. And then the third thing I am asking you to do, because I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this, is I am asking you to lead. I am asking you to take your place and lead. I know it's hard. And I know that there are going to be times of discouragement. And I know that the future seems challenging. And it would just be so much easier if you didn't take take up your mandate and lead. Yes, it would be easier. 
But if you choose, if you dare to choose to take up your position and leave, you are going to have the ride of your life. The adventure is going to be so crazy and so amazing. You will be so happy you dared to take the step. You're going to have the craziest stories of danger turning into moments of salvation. It's going to be so wild. But only if you dare to take a step. And so I'm inviting you, oh woman of color in hematology, today to not take the road less traveled, to stop looking for the easy way out, and instead to do what you know you're supposed to do all along, to take the power back from your mentors and your chairs and your deans, the ones who told you that it can't be done, to take your power back and put it exactly back where it belongs, right smack square inside you and begin to lead. <laughs> oh, I hope that you're going to do it. And I want you to please tell me about it. Send me a DM. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. And tell me, tell me how you're doing it. Tell me how you're doing it scared, but you're doing it anyway. Tell me, tell me about the wild ride that you are embarking on. Tell me, tell me about the experiences that you're having. Yes, I want to definitely invite you to do that. Look, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Somebody else needs to hear this message. I invite you. I invite you to share it with them. Somebody else needs to be encouraged to take up their mandate. You know the passion, the desire that's burning in their hearts. And I invite you. I invite you to share this with them. All right. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to talking with you again the next time. And if you are looking to continue this conversation between now and the next podcast, send me a message at our website, coagcoach.com. That's C-O-A-G-C-O-A-C-H dot com. It's been a pleasure. You have a great day.